0: Welcome to the Game Under Repair podcast. Michael here. Uh, We're recording this one day removed from the Players Tournament, and uh, what a long weekend it was, but definitely a fun one. Good weekend all around for sports. Conference tournaments ending in college basketball, but ending with Selection Sunday for both the men and women's game. All that being done, and of course there was a specific uh, NFL superstar that couldn't help but throw his hat in the ring, and so Tom Brady decided he was going to Announced that he's unretiring from football and will be returning for his, you know, 23rd season, I think. So in honor of Tom Brady, I, I thought I'd do a, a fun little hashtag for you guys. Hashtag things that lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. All right, so number five, it was the Players' Tournament. A little bit of a softball there, but, you know, thought I'd start it there. Uh, number four was Tiger Woods's Hall of Fame speech. That was actually impressive, you know, no notes there, it seemed like, no teleprompters. Number three. Jay Monahan's commitment to transparency. So I'm not sure how much you guys saw uh, the post-players uh, conference with Jay, but he said that he was you know, going to be very transparent with the players and with the press. And the, literally the next question that was asked was about Phil Mickelson. And he was like, all right, next question. <laughs> Jay set him up and then they, they threw a, a Phil Mickelson right down the plate for him. Uh, number two. Burger's conversation about where his bad drop was. So that was that was a good solid four or five minutes of golf and lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. And then number one was the Goldman. I'm assuming he's uh not gonna return anytime soon, but he had a great run this weekend and definitely lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement. I got one. I got one.
1: Hashtag Bryson's wrist injury.
0: <laughs> Hashtag Phil's suspension. Yeah.
2: He's just bulking up. It's bulking season. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. He knew spring break was around the corner, and he had to get uh, get in the gym for a little a little extra cut.
3: Well, we're coming out of cuffing season, so is that why his wrist hurts? Could be.
1: Well, he's, well, he has a girlfriend. She's a sophomore <laughs> in college. I, was gonna say, I don't know. That's yeah, she's, a I
0: think she's junior. Running.
1: I think she's a junior in college. She's a golfer. How old is yeah, I, Like
0: 30? I heard, uh, something like that. No, God, he's 30. like
1: 26.
0: Oh, that's not. I mean, take your age divided by 2 add 7 I'm like <laughs> Take yeah, your
3: He's 28. Age.
0: No, that's the rule. Take your age divide so 20 if he's 28, he's got you know 20 21. That's his limit.
1: <laughs> oh. She is 21 cuz that was like the photo she had just posted on Instagram for her 21st birthday and people were like, "Wait, he's got a girlfriend?"
0: All right, so where where are you guys want to start today. We have, you know, recap 17 or recap our predictions from prior predictions yeah i think we get predictions out of the way all right predictions out of the way so all right so we made a couple predictions in our last podcast in our preview pod predictions to win so we had audie and pat had victor hovland t9 so that was actually a pretty good guess I, I thought who did win oh yeah cameron smith Cameron smith so not not victor hovland but um we had rory between me and sam at uh, t33 so not not quite there nate Probably the big loser here on this, uh, Nate picked Spieth, so didn't even make the cut. Audi also threw in an extra name in the hat. He said, any European player, covering a wide range of players. Uh, in fact, the best <laughs> European player finished third. Yeah, so, I was close. Big, cast a big net, but didn't, didn't land the big fish. Hey, so.
2: Audie, you might as well say a golfer would have won. I mean, come on, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, hey, the, I don't know. It was non-American. I mean, it was Australian. I said so, that
3: because of the weather elements. I, so, yeah. I mean... That's a good guess. Also
1: the European European
0: finish higher than Americans.
1: I think the broadcast is the only are the only people who like were rooting for Paul Casey to break that the like dry spell of a uh, Englishmen winning the players. Didn't believe like Hatton was also up there. Like they were pushing that storyline so hard. And I don't know, I was interacting with people on our Twitter account and like I'm pretty sure they were the only ones. Everyone on Twitter was like, I don't think anyone on here wants Paul Casey to win. There are
3: so many better storylines. Well, it's like on the back nine, they didn't even show Hoplin's entire back nine, really, other than like maybe yeah. a shot or two. And he was within Oh, well, They
1: showed all his shot. chips because he freaking would chip it and still be like 20 yards away.
0: He is impressively still bad around the green. He's <laughs> second to last on tour. Impressively bad. Around I guess, the Sam, Sam, you, you had Terrell yeah. Madness as, quote, Someone to look out for. So I'm telling you, he, he's, he was someone to look out for. T13. He can he can hit
1: the ball, and when he doesn't hit it well, you hear it. He hot mics all the time. It's
0: awesome. Yeah. If
1: he's ever in a featured group, you have to follow him.
0: I will say though, you also had Matt Fitzpatrick as your dark horse, and he didn't. Yeah, make I the know. Cut, so. didn't make the cut. He got
1: he's, he got the bad he got the bad late early draw. He's still in the dark.
0: Uh, I guess Nate, you had Rory as quote a non factor. I yeah. I can kinda confirm I feel like Rory was a non factor.
2: Yeah. He played better because he was out of it. Yeah. I mean he shot like a two seventy a seventy six on Saturday oh third round. But I mean he shot a good round to end it. But I mean, I don't know. Definitely non factor. Didn't he wasn't on the leaderboard at all. So yeah, I think that was probably one of the better calls I made.
0: So some of the other uh, not to make a cut. Only one of us actually got the not to make a cut, right? So I guess Brooks Koepka would not make the cut, and he didn't. T, or plus nine did not make the cut. Uh, Nate, you had DJ, who actually finished the highest out of everybody that we predicted at T7 or T9. But to be fair, he actually went minus seven on the last day. So. No, he went, he went well, nine he, under. He went nine under. He oh, nine, 63. Sorry, <laughs> he, he had nine <laughs> under. I think didn't he tie like, he, the record? Yeah. Yeah,
1: he hold out for Eagle on number nine to end the round. And guess what? They didn't show it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was like way after. They had already told us his round. They just I felt like they were just riding the top top group all day.
0: I mean, to be fair, it was a good group to ride. There was a lot of excitement in that. Last, last I guess four. Cam Smith was second to last group. Dude, his yeah, round is just, geez, that was incredible. And they had Erebon in the last group, though, and I was cheering yeah. for him at that. I was going to
3: say, Lahiri, for as, as far over the place as he was, he kept it together and was in the hunt. Dude,
0: that was literally the definition of, like, duct-taping around together.
1: <laughs> also, out of all the golfers in the field, he had the highest odds at Vegas on Wednesday. He was he was the last he was dead last in odds by himself, and then he finishes second.
0: Obviously, he didn't win, but like, man, that second place finish is going to be be great for him. I would assume. Yeah, he won like two point
1: six million dollars for coming wild. in second.
2: Do <laughs> you see? you see Lahiri's well, playing like twenty fourteen Shrekson clubs? Yeah, yeah, and they don't.
0: I saw they. Uh, it was like they don't make him anymore, and he had, his backup set is like gifted to him from another tour pro.
2: Yeah, from uh, who's the other Irish guy, um, Gray McDowell? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So we also prediction we we made was over under the number of balls on seventeen. So Sam set the line at uh, ninety, which I thought at I'll the time was a good the Vegas, but...
1: the Vegas line was fifty six and a half or uh, fifty two and a half, um, and I got called out because I guess someone didn't catch satire one of the golf. Like journalists DM'd our account and was like, You had 90? The sports books have like 52 and a half.
0: We don't go by this. We're our own sports book. We don't make a lot of money. Should have told him to argue. Our, yeah. over, under, <laughs> uh, over under 90. It was under, I think we stopped the count at about 62. you yeah, know, not sure. It was at 65 groups. We stopped so. the count. No, I think the tour stopped the count a little bit. There was a little. They, the rough was up. It was it was kind of a disgrace if you were cheering for balls in the waters.
1: I think if the weather wasn't predicted to be as bad, they wouldn't have had the rough that thick.
0: To me, it was very disappointing to see balls spin off the front and not end up in the water. Like, yeah, you got to be me, that's, that's the test. It. That's the test on seventeen. And like, I get it. Like, the wind made it a much different hole than what it normally is. But I don't know. It still was like pretty disappointing for what that hole. Is. Normally is, and they, we probably had thirty more. The I think we would have been close to ninety if they cut that rough. I'll give us a half point on that one, except for Nate because he actually won it. A hey. and then and Nate also. Uh, I guess our final prediction. Nate threw out Russell Knox for a top one twenty five. Just make sure he gets <laughs> to keep his card. <laughs> he got top top ten actually. So T six at minus eight. So well within inside your uh, your one twenty five guess. So that was probably your. Ace Ace of the week, Nate.
2: Hey, he got lots of FedEx Cup points. He got a bunch of money. He should be good for another. Should should be able to keep his card. He didn't play at all, but hey, he's made seven of the last eight cuts. So.
0: Are Are you taking him in our Masters pool?
2: <laughs> you know, I gotta see what the recipe is for the Masters. I gotta see how the weather's gonna be and factor in some other things. You gotta see if he could be a right in.
0: Yeah, that's true. If you can get him, if you can get him outside the top fifty, you probably might be a steal
1: because that last the last group for the masters pool is like basically a pick em. just doesn't really matter we'll see i had a hoblin top five actual bet placed and that was that was disappointing how did he lose it um on 18 you freaking he he took a line he had to take to get a birdie to try to make it interesting And he hit the water, and that's how he lost it. But he really didn't lose it on 18. He lost it on 16 when he hit the ball left of the green, and then his chipping just let him down so much. I mean, his chip on 14 landed like 15 yards, 15 feet short of the pin, and then didn't check at all, rolled all the way off the green. He had to chip back again. His chip back up on 14 landed like nine feet short. And then it was like, dude, now you're gonna two putt bogey. He's got, he's really got to work on chipping. I mean, he knows it, but it was bad. Sorry, there's my, there's my rant. I love Hovland, but he was T one. He was through twelve and he was in first. I was like, after Cam Smith bogeyed three in the seven, eight, nine on the front, I was like, oh my god, Hovland's in first. This T five is gonna be easy.
0: Cam Smith came out an all time heater, though. Yeah. Like what? Five, five, five birdies, five birdies, three bogeys.
1: Yeah, and then and then he started with four birdies on the back.
0: Yeah, the the Hoplin question I have for for you, Sam, is: You think he can turn around his his short game, or is it a lost cause?
1: I don't know. He's got to he's got to figure something out. He he doesn't have the touch right now. I think he just he's got to figure out how to like he's got to talk with Cam Smith and do some. Do some of those single arm chipping drills with your lead arm, just one handed and really work on like, I don't know, not hitting it as hard.
0: Maybe they can include Rory in there because he, he needs some touch as well.
1: He'll, he'll probably be able to turn it around. He hits the ball
0: so well that he
1: can play so well because a lot of the times he doesn't have to chip because he's hitting so many greens.
0: I at least feel like because he's so freaking good at everything else he's doing that at some point, it, it's all going to click for him, and he's just going to have the, like a runaway tournament where he, he might win by like ten. Agreed. Probably be overseas if he does it. It might. He might do it at the Bausch bar. Possibly.
1: I think at St. Andrews, you're going to see Hoblin taking the Texas wedge and say, "I don't even want to. I don't want to chip. I'm putting everything within a hundred feet."
0: That might be the real recipe if he can just get somewhere that he can just put it from. From ten yeah. yards off the green, he's, he might be even better. All right, so what'd you guys think of uh, seventeen this week? We'll start with a uh, we'll start with Friday. What'd you guys think of seventeen on Friday? We didn't
1: we didn't play golf on Friday. We played on Saturday. Was when it was crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, retry this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, what did you guys think of seventeen on Saturday with all that win? I thought it was
3: um, marvelous. It was awesome.
0: I actually switched from the main feed to just feature hole number 17 and just watch it on repeat all day
1: it i just it's fun because even the golfers who were hitting it in the water they were just laughing because you you can't like it was so unpredictable it was just like luck sort of i was like surprised brooks to see- his and yeah. he started laughing because
0: I was he surprised. got a gust
2: of wind and it's Two like balls in the
0: water and you laugh both of them off i was surprised from brooks but it was good to see
2: I I loved having the tee box. They put the tee box all almost all the way up to the water, and you know JT said he was hitting. I think JT hit a six iron in there. He said he hit. I know he said he hit a couple pitching wedges like one eighty five. But then he also hit because of the wind, had to hit uh, you know a six iron one forty or one fifty. So it was pretty pretty cool to see some of those guys uh, hang tough and and knock it close. That was that was pretty cool to watch.
0: I think one of the things I liked about it is I think it just showed how freaking good these professional golfers are. I know that that argument comes up all the time about having a you know, mid-handicapper playing with the pros, but like, I think if you give a normal golfer 20 shots to hit that green, they might hit it twice in that wind. Like, I just think that that's so unpredictable and just demands such a specific shot that you have to hit, and I would just assume most people don't have that.
3: Saw a tweet this past weekend where it said, you know, take out the weather elements alone, the green's like five thousand square foot to land a, a golf ball, and guys still can't do it.
4: Yeah, so I was thirteen and played Sawgrass. When I was seventeen. I put like two or three in the water. I just picked up and went to the next hole.
1: We'll be sharing that on here, Pat. We're supposed to be above average. I was thirteen. <laughs>
0: he, he didn't. He didn't start golfing until last month. So. Yeah. That, I that, was,
2: that was using a stealth baseball bat, actually, to hit those ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: It was probably because I was using those Nike mojos. I wasn't feeling it those, day, uh, those the, days. The, yeah.
3: Had it been the blue and orange
1: stealth. 17 is just fun no matter the weather because even when it's good weather, people are hitting pitching wedges and they have to control the spin. I mean, we already mentioned it earlier. They let the, they let the rough grow because they knew the weather that was coming. But normally the rough is not that long. So then it's fun because people still have to control spin and balls still spin off. A lot of the shots that were missed were not, like, missed by that much. There were a lot off the wood. A lot of them, people were like, oh, that's going to be close. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, it would hit the water and be like a foot from being okay. But I think people I know on Twitter and and. Some of the announcers were talking about it, about why golfers were not embracing kind of what JT and some other guys were doing of taking lower lofted clubs and just cutting them off. They're like, it's only 140, only playing like 133, and the greens were so wet that if you hit like a six or seven, the odds of it rolling off the green were very low. But players were just still trying to hit freaking eight nines in there and just getting it up in the wind, and then all of a sudden you had no control.
0: Yeah, and I think Golf Channel had a... Or not Golf Channel. The PGA Tour posted a really good graphic about uh, the uh, percentage, how likely you were to hit the green based on how high your apex was. And I think it was like under... Oh, gosh. Under 30 feet or something like that was like 75%. But then it was like you know, above fifty was like below thirty seven percent. It was kind of interesting to see, like you're saying, Sam, like you know if you were willing to and able to hit that shot, just keep it you know, take a longer iron uh, and keep it low. You know, you actually had a pretty good shot at hitting it on the green there that day. yeah, I, I think it I think
1: it was it was nice because it showed the golfers who have that creativity sometimes practice those types of shots. And I think that's a lot of the younger golfers do that. I mean, JT is like a prime example of someone who hits all these crazy shots when he came out with that like low, like stinger drive that he has now. That the cut that just like he can put anywhere. It was fun to see the golfers who who could have that creativity, like Bubba and JT. They both played well in the bad weather. I mean, Bubba was like four under. JT shot three under. And then Bubba ended, like, last out of the people who made the cut when the weather wasn't an issue.
0: 76-78 to finish.
1: Yeah. So it's, like, because I think he thrives in that creativity, like, where you don't have to hit stock shots. You just have to, like, get the ball on the green, basically. and And you'll have a chance.
0: Yeah, JT got a lot of credit for his minus three round that day. But Bubba probably didn't get enough credit for his minus four round. And I think, like you're saying, Sam, like, I think Bubba Watson has always been probably one of the most creative when it comes to sh- how much he shapes the ball. If there's a way to get that level of creativity out of the players more often, I think the product of watching golf is would only be better. I have kind
3: of a, a spinoff from the creativity aspect of this, and it's more of a it's more like a ruling question. And it goes back to whatever happened to Paul Casey in the middle of the fairway is where his ball's sitting in the middle of a ball divot. Like, do you guys think he should be able to lift and replace that? Or do you think he would? what happened should have been the way it stayed?
1: No, because whoever hit that drive that caused that divot should have replaced it, should have fixed it. It wasn't even like, well, it wasn't even a divot from a shot. It was a freaking ball pitch mark.
0: That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 like yeah, hundred percent. You know, if you're gonna hit it right down the middle of the fairway, like, like you shouldn't be punished. Like honestly, and then you have fucking Zach Johnson hitting his ball off the tee and like three he times gets now. Re- oh, I mean, that's I, I don't know. Like the first couple of times, I was like, oh, okay, like that. Like hey, like at least the rules there for him. Now I'm like, all right, what is this fucking guy doing?
1: He just does it to get to get the uh, PIP. Points. Says, this is so his pit play right here Well and this weekend you could, You're could, you allowed to clean a mud ball In the fairway but not in the first cut Or the rough But then you can't take your ball out of a Pitch mark like, yeah, I think
0: that was It was just because of the Saturday Sunday was. Yeah played as a I mean ball. Rom
1: Rom got screwed in the first round Because he hit His ball went, landed in the first cut And was like The whole thing was covered in mud And he couldn't Mm -hmm. clean it. But if it was in the fairway, he could clean it and replace. And I was like, that is like the dumbest. Like, it almost plugged. It was so covered in mud. And I was just like, that just seems like the dumbest
0: rule. I will say, as we're talking about how much it rained and, and how the course was, the team there, the grounds crew there, did like a hell of a job this week. Like, the fact that they were able to even play that tournament like they were literally squeeging the greens off so these guys could could butt. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that was kinda that was kinda sick.
3: Yeah, hats off to those guys. I mean they had a 3.30 wake-up call on Saturday. I did call out the PJ Tour for
1: using fake grass color coloring and dye because when they were squeeging, you could see the green paint or like grass dye in the water. And I was like I know there's no way this grass is this green at this time of year, even in even in southern Florida or, like, Jacksonville area. And then it's just, like, this green, like, St. Patrick's Day Chicago River flowing off the greens.
0: And they were just a day, they were just a week early, man. They were celebrating. <laughs> yeah. I think if there was ever a tournament where they would, I mean, besides maybe Augusta, like, Probably the tournament that feels like they care the second most about their image is probably the players. Yeah, so 100%. Me. So I guess talking a little bit about Cam Smith and his his final round, I guess what would you guys think? We talked a little bit about his birdie streaks and everything. I guess what do you think about him down the stretch? That dude can putt.
4: Yeah, he can putt. It was like the last nine holes he had, what, ten putts in total or something like that, something crazy. I have three hole stretches with ten putts, so – I can't relate
0: to that at all, but yeah, I mean he was he was lights out. I guess every time it looked like there was a chance for someone to 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 get close to him, he kind of held him off. I guess what was crazy to me though is that shot he took on eighteen. So like I get <laughs> I get off the tee blowing it way right. Like I definitely get that, but like oh that second shot looked so like I don't know what he was trying to do there, but. Based on the way he was setting up, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this ball is just going to go right in the water. And sure enough, he just blasted right in the water. I think he was trying to
1: punch it out and like cut it, but I don't know why he was trying to get so close because the the where the pin was, it was a pretty easy. Like there were a lot of people throughout the day who, when they hit the water, they were able to get it within like five feet and still make par or bogey because the pin location was, was favorable to a, to a short pitch or 100-yard shot. So I have no idea why he, why he tried to be so aggressive. But also, I just think he's not phased. Part of me thinks he didn't even think of that. He was just playing the way he wants to play, and then like whatever happens, happens. That's what the whole, the whole final round kind of felt like that. He was just like, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm in first, basically.
0: He was so good around the greens that he was probably like, eh, fuck it. I'll get it close. And he did. I mean, he's stuffed after hitting in the water, right? Unfazed, hit it hit an amazing shot right up there by the green. You know, comfy one putt to finish it off. I guess I didn't feel like Lahiri had enough to kind of catch him. Um and then you saw, you know, hit kind of a kind of a bad shot, actually. He piped the drive. I will say that though. Like that was probably Probably the furthest and probably the ballsiest drive. I think he's probably the only one that even took that, that type of line, you know, in the last three groups. And he hit a great but then just hit a bad second shot.
1: Yeah, it just didn't he was trying to draw it in and it just didn't didn't go. But his putt, even his putt was close though. It I mean it rolled right yeah, has, by the cup. There was there was no space in between the ball and the cup.
0: I think he probably was playing you know, for being so far back in the world rankings, right? Like he was probably like, I'm going all out today. I'm going here to win. And I think that was kind of, I'm assuming that was his mentality because he was taking some crazy lines. Yeah. Camp Smith on 17. That was insane. Yeah. When he hit it. <laughs> I actually thought he, I, I thought he missed it. I thought he missed the, uh, the green with how far when it started, right? Um, but yeah. it started coming back left a little bit at the end. I was like,
1: that's what I'm saying I don't think he like even thought, even thinks about like he was in the lead. He was just like I'm, I'm playing. Like if I can birdie this, I basically guarantee a win. Which he if did. I that like, was... don't hit the water on 18, like I mean that was I that was the win. Yeah, and then he hit the water and he still won. My last thought is there's a lot of fans and golfers who owe Scott Piercy. Who, Um, some money and a drink or two uh, after he moved the cut line from plus one to plus two after he dunked two in the water on 17 and to finish his second round.
0: I was doing the math and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure this line can't move at this point. And I was wrong. So (laughs) Roy got there on the number. So yeah, there were like seven or eight
1: golfers at plus two. So, I mean, it helped out a lot of people, but I was rooting because I wanted Rory to make it.
0: Well, we're only 23 days away from the Masters now, so I mean we're, we're getting close. Talk about one of the best times of the year. Transitioning a little bit away from golf, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball as we get into March Madness, which is my favorite time of year. I don't know where it ranks for you guys. I think it's the best postseason that you can have in any sports.
1: I think it's the best three weeks of sports. Three straight weeks, weekends, for it's, sure.
0: It's gonna be great. We have a fun, fun plans for the Elite Eight this year. So looking forward to that. But man, this this coming week we have you know first two rounds should honestly be a holiday in my opinion. I wish I know what I know my uh, my work productivity is gonna be decreased a little bit because I'll have two or three games on whenever possible. But we wanted to you know in the spirit of March Madness, one to Kind of, kind of throw out some of our our picks, our predictions for how we think this tournament's going to go. So we'll just start start with the easy one. I guess who do you, think you guys think is going to win it this year?
1: I'm going to go with Arizona. They're one seed, and that's my uh, that's my pick. Arizona.
4: I have Duke winning.
1: Oh, go, Coach K going out on
0: top.
4: Yep. Disney has a script written.
0: There's a lot of people that are going to going to try to write that script. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they they're able to do something.
4: Yeah, I got a hold of Disney scripts.
1: Yeah, lost his last game at Duke, lost the ACC championship, and then wins the Nash Natty. That is a that is a Disney script there.
0: I'm gonna say Villanova. I'm not Ooh. super confident in that pick, but I just like them in the tournament. I think they're always a good tournament team. They had a pretty good year this year. I think they have a relatively easy path, you know, outside of Arizona. Decently easy path to get at least to the the elite eight, so I, that's what I'm picking. i don't, not super confident though, so I'm not wouldn't put a lot on that. All right, next question is which number one team is going to lose first, and then what round do you think it's going to be?
1: I got. I think Baylor's going to lose first, and I'm going to say they're going to lose in the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Okay. I, I also had Baylor, so I thought Baylor was going to lose, but I said in the, the second round. So I'm saying Ooh. the round of 32. I think, I think it's going to be either North Carolina or, or Marquette. I'm like, to me that's a 50/-50 game anyway, but I think either team is going to beat Baylor. I think Baylor's slumping a little bit, like started off pretty good. I think they finished fine, like nothing crazy, but I don't know, something just tells me that, that they're, they're slumping a little bit. I think both North Carolina and Marquette are, are coming in.
1: And they're the they're the only one seed who lost their first uh, game in their conference tournament.
0: Yeah, i I was trying not to read too much into that, but it is it is kind of a tough look. And like I said, it's you know of all the yeah. one seeds, that they're, they're probably probably the one that's that's kind of the weakest across the board. I definitely yeah. didn't want to go after Arizona or Kansas. I thought they were pretty strong. And then like Gonzaga is always a, t-
4: a tournament team, and I thought their
0: path looked pretty easy this year.
4: Screw logic i'm going providence over kansas in the sweet 16
1: oh all
0: right
1: providence got it i got sweet providence 16, losing eight. in the round of 64 so <laughs>
0: That's, hey this 413s are always tough there's usually usually yeah. one every year so
1: i just i can't trust a team who scored 52 points in a conference like semifinal that was tough they got they got be like 85 to 52
0: yeah, it's one of those things where scoring fifty two doesn't look bad, but giving up eighty five points when you when you <laughs> yeah, only score fifty two is like it's like usually usually it's like, all right, at least your defense was good, but they they didn't have anything, yeah this this kind of leads into the next question, so i'll just I'll just start go ahead and ask it. How far do we think an eleven or higher is gonna go this year? this is uh, I'm doing this for you, sam. I'm saying I'm saying the spiders, man, Richmond spiders. I think they're going Sweet 16. I think that's going to
4: be the furthest an 11 or higher goes. I have Michigan beating Villanova on the Sweet 16 and losing to Arizona in the lead eight. I got
1: uh, Virginia Tech making it to the Sweet 16 as an 11. They just won that ACC tournament. I think they're uh, pretty good. They've won 13 out of their last 15 to end the season. Um. After starting like ten and ten, so it's pretty good.
0: All right, I think that's a that's a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you everybody for for coming along. March Madness starting and uh, Masters, you know, within a month. So got a lot of great sports coming up.
1: Looking forward to it. Best time of the year.